Welcome to Kirti Kundalini Podcast, where we discuss spiritual insights, tips, and tools for exalted living. Now, let me just preface by saying that I am not a doctor, nor am I qualified really in any way to be giving you advice, medical or otherwise, but I'm here to share a candid discussion about my own journey through trauma recovery and emotional energetic healing. On this podcast, I'll be sharing with you an ideological perspective guided by my own interpreted inspirations. What is she talking about? Tune in, you'll find out. These inspirations have and continue to give me relief from suffering and the tools to live a life I love. My name is Leah Gibson. Welcome. Hey guys, welcome to QT Kundalini Podcast, episode two. Thank you so much for joining me here. So we just wanted to recap quickly and segue from the first episode into this one. So just revisiting the topic of the first episode, which was ultimately about the nature of loneliness. What is the energetic nature of loneliness? What's really going on there? And I shared with you that, you know, over the past year, I've had this really sort of interesting work year, lots of change in my routine and my cycles. And it's been, you know, the COVID of it all. So after over a year for me to return to the place that I keep as my home, as my crash pad, to recollect with time for the first time. And I shared with you how almost immediately in the first few days, I felt this very prominent feeling of loneliness. And in querying my guides, the channeled insight was one on recognizing the sensation, the deeper sensory sensation of this energetic heaviness, this longing, this loneliness within me was actually soul speak. It was information. It was nonverbal communication from my higher energetic self communicating that I was not fully arrived to the presence. I was not engaging yet in authentic self-expression in the now. And now this was attributed to a temporary freeze in my gear changing process. As I had had all of this movement, I had arrived now all of a sudden back here. And my consciousness, my focus and attention was still in some ways tied to the past, to people, places, things, situations that were now behind me. And so I shared with you the guided meditation on working with the Akashic records and a beautiful Kundalini meditation. And I just wanted to share with you how profound I find this practice to be, how transformative it is when we really mean it, when we really commit to it, which is essentially what we're going to be talking about in this episode and for the discussion on the commitment commitment of this practice. I wanted to share with you how quickly and how effective this energetic work works when we mean it. Within the span of a week, I was able to turn into that information, use it as guidance for my higher energetic self and really truly go into a place of full self-command and release myself by delivering myself fully to the moment and deciding through efficacy, through likeness, through conscious choice, what I would like to begin in the new cycle of self-creation in the now. Ultimately, this is what we're going to be talking about in this episode, but I wanted to share with you the profound turnover that has occurred for me in utilizing the tips that I shared with you last episode. I hope those tips are helpful for you as well if you need them. Okay, so here we are episode 2.1 and we've just been talking about soul speak as 
the experience of receiving deeper sensory sensations and coming to understand them as nonverbal dialogue from our higher energetic self, that things aren't going the way that we need them to go, that we're not actually in our true state, which is the experience of expansive deep reservoir peace, healing, joy. And so as a segue from that topic, we're moving on in this second episode, not only on how to recognize the deeper sensory sensations of the aggravations of life to be understood as symptoms that we are being affected rather than in the state of being of our effective true self. This second episode is devoted to the idea of recognizing soul speak through the experiences of exaltation, that when we are feeling exalted, inspired, alight, when we receive insights, inclinations, that these are also, yes, in fact, dialogue from our higher energetic self and offerings, in fact, of actions to take in service. This is a topic that I get really geeked out about because ultimately it is why I'm here talking to you guys about all this stuff. To me, it's an overall theme that much of the work of this podcast and all of my teachings are devoted to, which are on the concepts of energetic alchemy. What is she talking about? Energetic alchemy. The ideas of being able to recognize and turn into our aggravations use them as guidance for right-pathing ourselves on the way to exaltation, to live our best life. This, to me, represents a bigger, bolder, chess-move life hack of an idea that I personally live by. And all of the tools that I teach you are going to be in service of this idea of energetic alchemy. They demand our consciousness. They demand our consent. They demand our choice. They demand the activation of our free will to choose to change the way things are going in the direction of what is better, what is best. And so in commitment to this idea, episode two is devoted to interpreting aggravations as an opportunity to hit the neutral ground, open our neutral mind to receive inspired transmissions of right action with a capital R-A. I will explain everything about this and essentially right path ourselves to be the fully embodied conduits of our higher energetic selves so that our destiny unfolds through us effectively, effortlessly. Not really effortlessly. We we're taking effort. I'm going to talk about the interaction that happens energetically between this movement through us and the environment around us. I'm going to walk you through it. I'm going to talk a lot. <laughs> when I just told you what I'm going to tell you, now I'm going to tell you, then I'm going to tell you what I told you. This episode is in devotion to the theme of self-commitment. Thank you for being here, my friends. And so the teaching for this week is one on the mechanisms through which we are able to consciously create. So let's consider this. So we're, we're feeling not great, right? We're feeling a lack of vitality. We're feeling an ennui, a boredom, a lack of motivation. We're feeling disconnected. We're not feeling filled with inspiration. We're feeling a disconnect from ourselves, from others. All of this, as per what we've just been previously talking about, can be considered as soul speak, as information through a nonverbal dialogue from your higher energetic being. Now, that being said, I'll 
I'll discuss more of this, but as we carry on in these teachings, my greatest desire for you is to really develop a clear and true awareness of your true nature, the satnam. My name is truth. My identity is true. Your true nature, the true nature of who and what you really are, which is the energetic being that is constant and consistent. It is the constant current of the continuous self. It is your infinity nature. It is your divine being. It is the you that has been with you through all the ages. And it is the you that is constant behind the person personality interfacing self, the finite self. And so when the personality self, the finite self is feeling uncomfortable, when we're feeling discomfort, when we're feeling aggravated, when we're feeling less than exalted, this is when we can recognize that we're not acting in service of our true nature. And we can use this as information, as dialogue from our higher energetic self and an opportunity to reassess and reconnect and redirect our course of action in thought, behavior, pattern, and action to extend ourselves in service of our higher energetic self, which will always be extending ourselves in service to the highest good. So that being said, okay, so let's consider, so we're feeling less than great. We're feeling slightly aggravated. What now? What do we do now? The first thing to do is to recognize that it's time to pause. It's time to disengage from the noise of circumstance, from environment. And it's time to enter the neutrality of shunya. Basically, it's time to hit the meditation mat. And so as we arrive to the full presence of who and what we really are, putting a pause on the noise, putting a pause on the drama, putting a pause on our relationship to the who, what, where, who was wrong, who was right, so-and-so said this, so-and-so did that to me, I deserve this, I deserve that. It's just just time to deliver ourselves to the relief of stillness. All of that stuff will be there when you get back, don't worry. So releasing ourselves from the chatter, arriving in the stillness of our true nature, and opening up to inspired action. This is how we create anew. And most specifically, creating anew, we want to create consciously. We want to create on, on purpose. We want to make all of our choices, our thoughts, our actions, our patterns and habits, all of our behaviors, we want them to support the expression of our most authentic signature self in service of the highest good. And we do this by reaching the middle ground, reaching Shunya, inviting in the guidance of our higher energetic self. And it will arrive as an idea. But we deliver ourselves, we deliver our focus and attention to the immediate now, filling with the presence of who and what we really are. And we invite from our higher intelligence, what now? What does my soul need? And it will arrive in the form of an idea. And we will recognize the idea because of how it feels. It may be a specific inclination. It may be a visual, but it will arrive with a recognition. It will arrive with a deep knowing. And then what is required of you is a commitment in service of it. Particularly the theme of this teaching is one on commitment. 
It is through commitment. It is through self-commitment that we are able to fully empower ourselves as the autonomous leaders of our own lives. Now, specifically, I refer to commitment in two ways. One is a timely manner of commitment, a timely expression of commitment. That means showing up consistently, a consistency of showing up every day. And now this is important because, of course, here we are, our finite selves that are in service to our infinite selves, our finite personality, environmentally interfacing selves that have to actually chop wood, carry water, carry out the tasks in service of this inspired idea, right? The finite self resides on the time-space continuum, having to deal with the ticking clock and seasons and whatnot. And the beautiful thing about recognizing the value of a consistent commitment practice is that this is how we are able to build momentum energetically in service of the inspired idea, building momentum by continuing to consistently show up in service of the inspired action. We are continuing to feed momentum to consecrate this idea with our own life force energy so that it builds itself, it births itself through us to develop its own efficacy as it gracefully moves. So that's the first. The first is an idea of commitment through consistency. The second is commitment in command. Command being delivering the impact of our full passion. By fully committing with great passion, we recall all of our diluted, diffused attention and focus to the task at hand with no distractions, with no doubt, in full command, in full devotion to the idea. This is the power that truly creates consciously. This is the power that truly births. This is the creative energy that we are able to call upon. And so ultimately, this is how we're able to redirect the trajectory of our course. This can be referred to, it has been referred to as jumping timelines, collapsing timelines, timelines being a trajectory of the course of your life. We are able to collapse and jump timelines by the power of our own will. And that means exercising our will with the deep passion and devotion to the idea with which we call in, with which we desire to attune to, and then continuing to consecrate that idea through commitment, consistent commitment, day in, day out, engaging in the thoughts, actions, behaviors, patterns, and habits that provide the environment which nourish and support this idea. And as we do that, we become the embodiment of the vibration of the idea with which we wish to attune. So what begins as an inspired action as a right action with a capital R-A, right action being delivered through the divinity of our highest self. What begins as an idea that we like, that lights us up, that ignites a passion within us. We attune to it as we decide to like it, right? We attune to it. We attune to it through the experience of recognizing it and recognizing it as an extension of ourselves. And as we attune to it energetically, And as we continue to choose that attunement, we then engage
engage our thoughts, our actions, our patterns and habits, our behaviors in service to it. In Kundalini Yoga, we discuss an idea called bhakti. Bhakti is devotional service. And it is said that through bhakti, through devoting oneself wholeheartedly to a task in the name of service, in the name of love for all that is good, in surrendering ourselves to the altar of that which we love, we deliver ourselves to God. We deliver ourselves to something so much greater. And I know this experience for myself of, I have this relationship with my career. I have this relationship with every character that I play. It is bhakti for me. It is the most fulfilling experience for me to fully surrender myself, to deliver myself in any way that is asked of me in service of embodying and and receiving and opening and loving and connecting to the character that is before me to embody. My journey with that is one of bhakti. And for me, it always has been, and I didn't have the language or the understanding until very recently. And so it is my wish for you that you know this experience for yourself. May every inspired idea that comes to you begin a path of deep love, a deep love affair with you and your life. And so the right action that is delivered to you as an inspired idea is one that ignites the flame of passion within you, that you recognize this experience, that you recognize this as a direct communication from your soul, the soul speak of your highest self, that exaltation is your birthright as you are here to deliver your soul, its fullest, most expansive expression as individualized through the finite you. And may you recognize these right action inspired ideas. May you devote yourself with great passion, with the great commitment of passion and the consistency of showing up every day, consecrating, becoming a live embodiment of all that is required of you in service of this idea, which is in service of the highest good. And may you align absolutely everything in your life to these trajectories. And the beautiful thing is that as we attune our focus and attention, as we deliver our passion in serviceable action, the momentum which builds creates an environment expansive of ourselves. We become delivered to the signature frequency vibration of the divine nature of who and what we really are. The higher energetic influences attune effortlessly to you and to that which births through you in service of all that is good. Circumstances arrive, people, places, situations in support. Synchronicity services you. You become aware of your own healing. You become aware of your own liberation. You become an embodiment of the divine. And most importantly, you recognize this exaltation is who and what you really are and were always meant to be. And lastly, an invaluable consequence of a self-commitment practice an invaluable consequence of the act of committing with great passion and with a consistent 
carriage of our service in alignment with the idea, the inspired right action, an invaluable consequence of this commitment is that we become unshakable. We become so knowledgeable of ourselves and so familiar with the dialogue of our higher energetic self, our soul through soul speak, that we come to know that the only way is the right way. The only way is to live in service of what is right, to live in service of the highest good at all times. We come to know that the only way is in creating through the course of right action, which delivers us, it liberates us from the suffering of creating with the idea of competition. If we are not creating the course of our trajectory path in service of the highest good, in the true knowing of how our creative capacity works, of how attuning energetically to an inspired idea, committing our full attention and focus, consistently committing ourselves in action in service of this task and experiencing in a wonderful flow the divine support, the environmental support, which arrives effortlessly along the way. If we do not know this for ourselves, then we will be believing that it is up to our thinking personality selves to have everything figured out to compete to compete is to assert an agenda on others and when we assert an agenda on others we're attempting to control circumstance to control outcome this stems from a lack mentality and it will invariably always have karmic consequence we will experience suffering for this and so by knowing our true nature by knowing the relief the liberation the exaltation and the ease most especially if attuning to right action and creating consciously through this commitment we not only liberate ourselves from a lack mindset of the fear-based attempt to control outcome to compete with others we also become impenetrable to the agenda of others because we become so committed to ourselves so in trust of our consistent commitment to the task at hand in service of that which is in service of the highest good. We are never in question of what is the right thing to do. If we are in question of what is the right thing to do, we pause to assess. We pause to receive soul speak information and we carry on the moment that we know. We compete only against the shadow self, the ego mind narrating our self limitations. We can recognize those who believe they must compete against us, but that's as far as our attention and focus goes with regards to the perceived competition because we redirect it to the task at hand for ourselves by tuning to the idea with which we wish to consecrate we become the physical embodiment of our divine nature of that with which we really truly are And so if I'm going to share a personal story about the importance of self-commitment in my life, I have to say that by recognizing how transformative it has been for me to have a committed practice, it's been an absolute game changer in my life. And it's been truly the first step of exercising a spiritual discipline that has allowed me to really feel an unshakable stability. And yes, I have to admit at times my daily committed practice 
practice has fallen out of routine. I have fallen out of routine with it. And let me tell you, sometimes we just really need to be reminded the hard way. But to share with you, when I went through my Kundalini teacher training, it was a 10-month program. And one of the most important pieces of the training program are that we commit to the daily sadhana practice. So the daily sadhana is the daily practice of a particular Kriya meditation that we commit to sequentially. It is said in Kundalini Yoga that if you engage in a particular sadhana, so a particular Kriya or meditation, it takes 40 days of committed practice to change a behavior within ourselves, 90 days to implement a new behavior within ourselves, and 1,000 days. After 1,000 days, it becomes a new part of who we are. So that is the process of transformation. And so in the Kundalini Yoga Teacher Training Program, of course, we begin with a 40-day practice of a particular Kriya or meditation. I have taken that away having since completed the program three years ago now, and having the daily practice, the daily self-commitment to myself to maintain my focus. It has become the most important piece of ultimately any sort of self-care routine that I have. And so just to revisit over the past year, as I've mentioned now, very busy, different places, relationships, work changing, locations. At a time, I fell out of routine with my daily practice. And this was ultimately, if I'm being vulnerable with you, it was particularly related to me being in a new intimate relationship with someone that I made my own adjustments self-consciously and subconsciously at the time, trying to diminish certain aspects of myself in a subconscious effort to try to be who I thought this person would like me to be. Terrible habit of mine. Let's hope it's dead now that I'm outing myself about it to you. (laughs) And part of that meant speaking less openly about these things that I love to speak about, which are very much a part of myself and who I am and who I really love that I've become. All of this was my own doing, I have to say. And ultimately, when work got busy, compounding with this relationship, I fell out of routine with the daily practice. And the result of that for me was at first gradual. I felt a little less vital. I felt slightly less inspired. I felt a little less than exalted until it became increasingly problematic for me. I started to become overly affected, hypersensitive, insecure, right? I was allowing my ego narrative to dictate my experience and overanalyze things, often in the wrong direction. It became a little more judgmental. It became harder on myself. It became highly self-critical. And I ultimately found myself one day feeling really not good, like feeling like I had regressed into the me that was me less vital before I'd really committed to the daily practice of all of this. And so when I was able to recognize this and recommit to the daily practice, and for me, it's in the daily sadhana practice, that's not going to be for everybody, but I just want to use this as an example of exercising our own awareness of what's right for us. What is your daily self-care routine of energetic hygiene? That's what I hope is a takeaway for you out of this. But for me, when I went back to the daily sadhana practice, when I allotted that time every day, my vitality increased my inner brilliance, that light shone again. I felt the exaltation. I felt filled with inspiration. I was actually able to love my partner much more and from a much more holistic place because I was able to be my fuller embodiment.
embodiment and be a more authentic self-expression. And even further than that, you know, ultimately when that relationship ended, as certain cycles do come to a close and renew, it was again through exercising my sheer self-commitment. So my sheer self-commitment to commanding my full focus and attention to release that which did not need to be carried further in the future because now it was time to renew and create anew and then commit with great passion to being here in the now and not back in the yesterday, that I was able to ultimately release the attachment fully, truly, not bypassing anything, but just truly, truly meaning it. I do want to share with you a really great Kundalini tip that one of my teachers just shared. It's called Gitka. Gitka. I'm not sure what the exact translation is, but it, it has something to do with the slicing of a sword. And so how it works is that when you find your mind drifting to a place that it is not in our best interest for it to go, you say gutka and you mean it. You mean it with the force of swinging a thousand swords, cutting off the activity, the engagement with this thought and immediately replacing it with either a positive mantra or a thought in alignment in the direction of where you'd like to go. But gutka, that represents to me, it's the force of exercising our full command to be here. You don't have to exist examine and follow in baby footsteps what's behind us. We want to utilize the getka. We want to utilize our full command, deep passion, enforcing true commitment to the idea, drawing the focus and attention here and recreating a new. And then committing to that, committing to that, committing to that until it gains its own momentum in the right direction. And this is how ultimately I've been able to change course in relationship, out of relationship, creating new cycle and changing gear quickly. All right, my friends, there you have it. This concludes the informational segment of podcast episode two. So closing out on 2.1. And at this point, I'm going to invite you to join me in the counterpart to this episode 2.2, where I will briefly recap on everything I talked at you because there was a lot, a lot of info included in this segment. I'm going to recap the information and then guide you through a couple of tools for you to take away guided meditation and a kundalini exercise in support of the channeled teaching this episode. I love these tools that I'm about to share with you. One of them in particular, I find so versatile and I really use it a lot to log on, tune in, receive the goods. Can't wait to see you there. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you in a bit. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Kirti Kundalini Podcast. If you like what you hear, please go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a moment, it would mean the world to me if you took a moment to rate and comment on the material on Apple iTunes. This helps support my sole purpose of sharing these teachings into the world as Apple will promote my material based on this type of platform interaction. Additionally, I invite you to share this episode, share this podcast series on your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, shout out from the rooftops, tell your friends in whatever way you feel called to do so. Again, it helps me to get these teachings, which are my sole purpose out into the world. And I 
Thank you from my heart. And as always, please don't hesitate to be in touch with me with your questions, queries, your thoughts and feelings. I am here for it. You can find me on my platform, kirtikundalini.com. You can sign up for the email list, which is a great way to keep in touch with me. And it's where I will also share all of the opportunities to work with me individually, if this calls to you in any way. Thank you so much for being here. Lots of love. I'll see you soon.